Hi, what's happening, you guys? Welcome back to Black Excellence Radio Episode 10. It's been a while. We took a little break off to get recuperated and everything to give you guys some real good quality stuff. I think you're going to like the layout of how everything's um, kind of changed for the better. So, of course, it's your girl, Ash Bash, and... Yo, 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 what up? Speak easy, Griff. Sir Griffinton, a.k.a. Dirt McFly, McFly Dirt, Sir Griffinton. So, basically, right now, it's just... We're going to be talking about music. like One of my passions in my life. And it's been something we want to incorporate back into Black Excellence. And uh, I don't really think... new. So new music for me that I listen to, if you know Disclosure, best like electronic music out there, super dope. I like um, Disclosure because they work with The Weeknd, a lot of hip-hop artists, Mary J. Blige, and they're super dope. This one was with... Um, What's the dude's name? Khalid? Is it Khalid or Khalid? 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 Yeah. Three different names. Khalid. They did one with him um, this weekend, and I got to listen to it. It was actually pretty good, so that was my listening to music. Actually, you know what? Key Glock. Yo, you, it was crazy. I was just going to say that when you got done, <laughs> the yellow tape album he yes, dropped, Key Glock. Yes. That junk go hard. That dope song, yes. yo, that junk slap. That junk hit so hard, like... I've been listening to all weekend. Wayne, so Wayne has a song with J-Rock. Okay, I'm going to put this out there. If you work out, J-Rock has some of the best workout music out there. And him and Wayne on Funeral. Funeral hasn't been getting a good, a lot of good feedback just a little bit. I mean, to be honest with you, like, I listened to it because one of my partners was like, yo, this Wayne album mm-hmm. go off. And I'm like, eh, ain't nobody checking for Wayne no more. Yeah. He was like, nah, it's, it can be compared to his old stuff. I'm like, eh, I listen to it just because of that. But for me... I mean, Wayne is a di- in a different space, you know what I'm saying, as far as it comes to his Wayne career. has five locks in his head. Right. So it's just like, I don't, I haven't really expected too much from Wayne for a while now. Like, I like his older stuff, uh, more so the new stuff. So I listened to it. It was straight. I mean, for me, it's not something I probably want to go back and listen to. No. I mean, I feel like the Carter Five might have been better than this. Well, this album was like one of those songs, like you're really not going to listen to it unless it's on one of these random playlists. And right, it happens and it's happened to come on. on. That's how I listened to the one with him and J-Rock, so. Yeah, but that's a good song, but yeah, it's, it's so it, it makes sense that nobody's really talking yeah. about it. Except for the Wayne heads, of course. Mm-hmm. You always have your cult following, yeah. and like, oh, everything he dropped yep. is dope. He could have said scooby doo boop boop like Kanye <laughs> did, and it's a hit. Um, but I also listened to Yo Gotti, Untrapped. That was a pretty good album. Okay. He was pretty much talking about his uh, journey to where he is now. The, uh, Where is he now? Like he is literally. Oh, well, you know who has his own. Who'd you say? Yo Gotti. The one who's dating an Asian chick. I don't know who he's dating. It's Yo Gotti. Yo Gotti. He's, you know the Gotti. one that, that Young Dolph was beefing with. No, never mind. Oops, I got him and Jeezy messed mixed up. Anyway. Yeah, Jeezy dated that girl off the show, off yeah, the talk or whatever. Two different people. Yeah. Um. Clearly, wow, <laughs> that's crazy. Don't know Jeezy from Gotti. That's. Uh, Are you thinking of their heads right now? But Yo Gotti is short. Okay, anyway, so Yo Gotti Untrapped was a good album. Mm-hmm. Um, he pretty much was talking about his journey to where he is now, mm-hmm. like running the label, like signing artists up yeah. under him, you know, um, things he's dealt with over the past few years, like um, trying to become a, like a, uh, trying to get 100 million. So it's pretty much like his life right now and what he's been dealing with the past like few years, like in music and life mm-hmm. in general. And then. Listen to Brett. Who? Brett. Oh, oh, he just dropped something. Yeah, he did. I didn't get to I, I haven't, to it I haven't got a chance to listen to it because I've been on Denzel Curry drop uh, a project <gasps> really? with, Kenny, with Kenny Beats called Unlock. Crazy. Um, D Smoke just dropped something from um, Rap Evolution, mm-hmm. the show. I don't know if I said that right. Him and Sir are related, and I knew I. Whoa, him and Sir? Sir is that. Yo, yes. Sir goes. They're brothers. Off. 
They're what? Brothers. Like brothers, like you know, we're having in, we're singing, and we're color. Yeah, Sir and D Smoke. Sir is definitely the singer. So is this because because his album dropped? Inglewood, Sir and D Smoke are definitely related. They're same brothers. mother, same father. Have you not seen them? He has a picture of them. There's D Smoke right there. That's him. They look alike. And then you have Sir. Uh, yeah, Sir like the same. He got dreads too. Yeah, and they literally. So I don't know what took me so long to realize that. I'm like, wherever he's at. Yeah, boom. So they are they kind of like pulling like the chance to rapper and Taylor Bennett because. I think, but here's the thing. D Smoke came out after Sir. Sir has been on right. Sir been out for a while. But you know what? That's other people that you've introduced me to. Their relatives are in that spotlight musically wise and they're not and they're they're they yeah we know somebody personally yeah yeah. so i think they're taking their own route and i think that's what d smoke did honestly and and i can respect it because Mm -hmm. for me like you know same we can compare like with beyonce and solange years ago like when solange first launched her solo career first thing you're about to say oh she's going to be beyonce that's older sister like how can you they can't even give a chance her give her a chance to identify for herself and they blew, and she is her own person, especially when she comes out with music. Like, there's no comparisons. Maybe performance-wise, right. they're up there, but... And that's to be expected. If your exactly. sister's doing great, you would want exactly. to kind of, like, emulate that. But her sound is her sound, and I enjoy Solange's music now. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like she's really comfortable in her skin, and she's doing what she wants to do musically. And it sounds nothing like Beyonce. I think that is... Oh, of course. So, Megan put out um, B-I-T-C-H. And that song was funny. Why is it funny? Why is it funny? It was just... It was just How come... Funny. Okay, what irritates me is this... She is literally... I didn't she say She is like... Just your tone. She is literally... Pimpsey is her spirit. Animal, her spirit guy. Hmm, like, that's a good her, comparison. Like, like the female version. If you listen to her and listen to him and she even tells you like that's how she grew up. Like that's the music she listened to. Like that's what we're kind of getting. So I don't think a lot of men or people are ready to hear a, a woman like that. Anyway. I mean, maybe some for me. I don't look at it like that. I look at it just like music. Like, I listen to some more stuff. I don't listen to all this she, stuff. Her rap, you know what? Sorry for cutting off. Her rapping does irritate me, though. Yeah, it's like with her, like, she has some songs, but it's just like, fully, I couldn't listen to it, but she does have songs that I do like. Mm-hmm. Like, that song she had with the baby, that yeah. didn't go off. That's one of my favorite songs. I do the rich shit, you know what I'm saying? Walk up and hit. You know, that shit was going off. Um, and, and lastly, uh, a couple weeks ago, Stunner for Vegas had dropped something was pretty dope, which is a, one of the baby's affiliates. Um, Redman, oh yeah, Redman had dropped like some three singles like a month ago that was hard. Um, so Redman still be doing his thing. Uh, the Funk Doctor. Um, that's no. it because ain't no R&B people been dropping nothing lately. Mm-hmm. I got this in the Brent. Her has dropped a few songs and whatnot. Um, not too much, but Nikki did drop Yikes. Did you hear it? Nah, I don't. I, I don't check for Nick. I ain't oh check for Nick since she was with Gucci. Aren't you guys? So I'm finding out my co-host yeah. and I do not share the same opinion in music. Yeah, because I definitely don't check for Nick. Yeah, at he all. doesn't at all. Like Nick, when it comes to Nicki Minaj and Eminem, I'm not checking for him. Just not. You know, I got it's, it's too many. It's too many other artists that need my attention. Alright, you guys. So I'm gonna be hosting um, <laughs> co-host tryouts uh, <laughs> next week between him not liking Beyonce and now Nikki. Don't um, even worry about it, y'all. Y'all ain't coming up here. This is my spot. I don't even know how I'm gonna deal with this. Alright, you guys. <laughs> We're gonna get into our interview with um, a young man that we had the pleasure sitting down with today, and just 
talking about why he's doing what he's doing. Yes, Keys is coming up next, and he's going to be a great, great, great interviewer. So you guys be prepared. It's going to be great. All right, you guys, welcome back to Black Excellence Radio, episode number 10. We took off some. We took off, like, only a weekend, but I feel like right. it's been a long time. So either it's, it's 10, episode 10. Um, yeah, I took a little hiatus to get everything a little bit more situated for you guys, a little bit more constructive. Well, we just had to, you know. Moving to another room, we kind of elevated our, uh, our status as far as the podcast. So now we're in a podcast studio. Yeah. So you know, uh, the, it's it's been it's been very interesting. So we want to give you guys good content, good quality content that you can listen to throughout the rest of your day. So this month is Black History Month, and represent how represent Black Excellence. That's not. Radio or about anyway, so it's black. It's Black History Month, and we really wanted to cater to people who have been doing stuff in the community. So this month is dedicated to them, and basically why they're doing what they're doing. And I know Black History Month could definitely be a little bit longer, but we all know Black people control almost everything in this world. So it's not like we don't. We don't get our props in certain areas, but that's a whole different discussion. Definitely. So, of course, is your host, Ash Bash. Speakeasy Griff, a.k.a. Dirt McFly, a.k.a. McDirt. And who do we have today? Brother, introduce yourself as a good friend of mine. Go ahead, brother. Well, you know, everybody, they know me as Keys, but my name is Marquis. And, you know, I'm just here to be on this great radio podcast so I can, you know, tell my story and the things that I do in the community. Hopefully I can reach somebody today. Mm. My man's, yeah, so this is Keys, the um, community with the kids, um, a good, humble guy. Um, so, yeah, Keys, give him, give him a little backstory about you and, like, where you from. Well, I'm from Buffalo, New York. And you know Lee? That's my cousin. That's my first what cousin. What the hell? <laughs> me, and, me, me and Lee grew up as brothers, so I always <laughs> used to say I'm his mother's first child because... <laughs> I was there. I'm older than him, obviously, and my mom and his mom stayed in the same house, so I was the baby, and I was with his older sister. So then Lee came, and I'm, I'm actually the reason why <laughs> his mother went into labor with his younger brother. You're stressful? She was chasing me down the street. You're stressful, <laughs> of course. Into labor, but I, I wow. Wanna, I just wanted to run, but... Yeah, I usually label myself as a former professional basketball player, but I'm, I'm taking that away because I'm I'm playing every day, so, you know, I don't want to say former. I'm going to play until I can't anymore. And what I, what I do in the community is I used to own a gym. I used to uh, co-own a gym and uh, run training sessions and camps and teams ranging from ages 3-year-olds all the way to 55-year-olds. 3-year-olds? Yeah. 3-year-olds can... Yeah. What? They yeah. can go. I had two kids from Shanghai. They came away from Shanghai. They found me online. They trained me for two months. Oh, wow. I was two. The girl was two. The, the boy was three. These are facts. This video. Like, yeah. it's, it's not what? Like, so, you know, I do, I do the training every day, seven days a week. You know, I'm really available, like, based on the client. You know, I try to be as flexible as I can. And, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids call me before they get ready for training or, like, for their school. I even had a kid call at, like, 11 at night. Like, hey, I know it's late. We'll pay extra, but I got tryouts tomorrow. Can you just come in and talk to me? He was in there until about 1 in the morning. He made his team. That was the first time 
he never played basketball before. So, you know, just me doing that, it helps me reach the community and touch the kids. Um, Co-ed, I train everybody. I even trained a kid who couldn't hear. I didn't know he was deaf. His mom never told me. Mm. She just left him with camp. And I was just realizing why he wasn't stopping <laughs> when I asked. And it took a little bit. And after a while, that's when I knew this is what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. And I was like, man, I made him good, made him better that day. And I didn't know throughout the whole day, like, he really couldn't hear. But just by me demonstrating the, the plays or the drills he wanted to do, he was able to comprehend that. And he was going out there doing it. And I had to let the other kids know. So just by him being there, I was teaching my other kids to be leaders. Like, how can you talk to this kid without him hearing you, but he's understanding? So, you know, that made it. That was an amazing moment. Did you always know from transitioning from professional basketball to now being a trainer, is that something that you always had your eye on or you knew it was going to happen, or was it just, like, not planned? Well... It was always in me, and I never, I used to ignore it. My uncle used to always say, you're going to be a great coach when you get older. And I'd be like, no, nah, I'm playing. Hmm. He's like, no, you're going to be a great coach. And it was, it was one day he got hurt. He had to go to the hospital. And he, I was 18 years old. Lee was on his team. He was 17 years old. So. Yeah, Lee, Lee who? She didn't know that, <laughs> I'm usually like the star player, and Lee, he, he, he takes up after. And then that game, I couldn't play. Cause I aged out, and my, and my uncle was like, y'all need you to coach, win this game, and bring the trophy to the hospital. Mm. I'm like, I never coached before. He was like, go coach and bring the trophy. So did that immediately, like, being 19 or whatever, like, did you have to feel like, damn, I got all this pressure on me. Like, I usually play. I can't play today. Ump hurt, who coaches the team. Now I got to go out here and bring the trophy back, because that's what he said. I mean, did you feel like, damn, like, I got to do all this? Yeah, but I also had to psych myself out, to hype myself up. So what I did was my mom bought me this Gucci Velour outfit, because, you know, that was back when... <laughs> Wait a that, was back when that was back when Judy and Mace had the, the jeans suits yeah, the yeah, shiny yeah. suits. I had the, can't stop, I had the uh, Gucci Velour, the black one. I put that on, and I came in. I was like, this going to be my coaching suit. So that was my, my, that was my swag. You know, that was like my confidence. You look good. You look good. You feel good. You feel good. You play good. Yeah, so. Prime time. So throughout, so throughout the game, I had to find ways to motivate everybody else because everybody was down about my uncle not being there because he the one who kept all of us together. Mm. And I remember after our games, we would go play street football and all the girls would come out in the neighborhood and watch. So we were losing. I called a timeout. I said, yo, you know that football we always play with? That's my football. And y'all know the girls that be out there? They love to watch us. I like, we don't win this game. We ain't playing football today. So it was like, oh, nah, we got to win this game. We right, want right. to see the girls. Like, we trying to see the shorties. Yo, Lee, Lee scored 27 points that game. <laughs> and, he, and he just went off. Everybody took part. And I, I just coasted a lot of the game. And we won. We brought the trophy to my uncle hospital in his room. And ever since, like, Damn. he will always tell me, like, you're going to be a great coach. And... After I was done playing, I started looking at old videos, and I always was training my teammates. Mm. I never noticed until I started watching videos of me playing, like, in Mexico. I'm asking my teammate, like, hey, do this move real quick. I want to see how you look. I'm like, why was I recording it? 
and why was I doing this? Like, what? Why wasn't I working on my own game? So yeah, but I mean, it kind of speaks to your character as a player and then as a, a coach because it's just like a lot of times when you fall in your purpose, you don't even know you don't fell into. It. You've been mm-hmm. doing it for years prior right. until somebody, you know, like your uncle did. He kept telling you, or you go back and say, "Wait a minute, let me watch this through." Like. I had this shit in me all the time. Right. Not saying that you weren't a great player. It was just like you was both. Like, a lot of people are either going to be one or the other. Right. Everybody can't be both like a dual type person. Exactly. So I Enjoy felt like it. you following your purpose was just like, what were you supposed to be at? So, yeah, that was like, I guess I was ignoring it the whole time. But it's, it's very natural. Like, I don't write down my drills. I don't write down anything. I'm almost like the Jay-Z of basketball track. Mm. I go in there, and I could tell mannerisms like a kid. People call me every day like, hey, how are you going to train? Or I said, bring your son in, bring your daughter in. I got these plays. I want to see how they react to it, and then we go from there. Because a lot of times, what I was thinking, we do something totally different because the kid can't move to the left, right, mm-hmm. but they can't stop. I'm like, all right, scratch that. We're doing this. And then they just keep going. It's like a freestyle. You start seeing different things like, oh, I got this for you. This will work real good. And it just becomes a whole different ball game. Like that that's a that's a good tip, like for trainers in general, because you don't want a trainer who's gonna give you every single every single person's gonna have the same training technique. Like for you going you, you seeing the kids first to see what they can and cannot do and then move from there right. is like a very good like take notes. If your trainer does that, you have a good trainer. Like if they're not like that's what you want, and I find that very, um, that's like very good. See, now, thank you. I applaud anyone who can play basketball. Oh boy, here we go because it's just Story hard. To, it's hard I to play. I used to play, I just not very coordinated. Like, Keys get you right though. You, you, you gotta see his videos. There's like, no reason for me as a grown woman to play basketball anymore. Exercise, you might not know. Like, like, I'm a personal trainer as well, and I started learning, like. Girls always be like, hey, you know, like, football players got a nice butt, baseball players got a nice butt, basketball players got a nice butt. And I start thinking, like, girls always want to come into said basketball players? Maybe football players. Football players max. Hey, they like to see us in the shorts. Right. I got that a million times, like a million times. But what I started doing was I started training a lot of my fitness clients with mm-hmm. basketball-based type drills. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Even though they don't have a basketball in their hand, because girls be like, hey, I want your legs. I'm like, well, you know, I play defense, so I make them squat and move like they're playing defense, but they're holding a medicine ball. I would make them do athletic-type movement, mm-hmm. and I started seeing transitions in, like, 45 days with my clients who come in, like, three, four times a week, and then you would, be, you would catch them, like, hey, I played racquetball at LA Fitness the other day. I never played that because they're in shape. Mm-hmm. So now they, they turn into athletes naturally. They're like, hey, me and my friends go jogging in the morning now. I'm the one that's leading the pack. And I'm like, when did you start doing that? He's like, I got the urge to do it now. But I'm telling you, actually, the thing about Keys, like, he always presents us every while, every once in a while. He's like, hey, y'all, to the crew, I club. we like, you know, y'all want to work out, right. you know, uh, pull up. Needless to say, nobody pulled up yet because his stuff is intense. We done seen it firsthand. I done seen him train kids, older people, women, men, whatever. Like, Keys get it in. It's a different, he's a different type of beast when he's training. It's like a training, like, He'll push you to your limits and beyond. So that's the reason I ain't went to him yet. That's why I'm still going to play the fitness <laughs> to this day. Because he do, Griff might come here. He might float in here. Like, right. you ready to do this podcast? Yeah, because. Like, man, I don't even got to run no more. My legs are so strong, I knew how to right. float now. Right. Keys be getting it in, bro. <laughs> just going to be like. Like, I don't. 
You come out of there with something to give. Like, she's wondering why nobody show up, you know? Yeah. Gotta get stuff. Okay. Yeah, make sure y'all get this on here. For real, for real. We're gonna get Stephanie in here. We definitely, I wanna see her on stage do a backflip on accident. Right. Because she been. Okay. And landed like she never fell. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even well, that's a performer. Like, yeah. That's what on, you have to be. on heels at the edge of the stage. Mm-hmm. Right. Most folks would have died. That's the truth. That's the truth. You got to snap in and out. Like oh, I'm falling. Wait. Gotcha. Like that's that's that tough. Was, that was that was tough. Okay, but chill on Steph doing backflips. I love Steph, man. Yeah, Steph. Love her work ethic. Yeah. She, she was up here last week. She dropped some major, major gems. Shout out to Stephanie. One thing I love about her is that if you're not doing it for her, she'll go get it herself. So Facts. That's why I want to train her because I know, like, after she work out with me, it might be a day she can't make it, but she'll go ahead and be like, hey, I know what Key's got me doing. So I know she pay attention to everything. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'm going to just do this while we're not together. And then when she come back, it'll be much easier. Well, we'll see once once I get her in there one time. Facts. <laughs> we'll I'm with it. So, uh, the crazy thing about, well, not crazy thing, but the awesome thing about uh, Keys here, he uh, he has two kids, two sons. This man is out here representing for the single fathers out here the right way. You know, people that don't, you know, they don't give too much background into seeing a, a father with his kids religiously. Besides, like him and Lee, like everybody in our club that's fathers, they are really, like, in their kids' life. And you what? Oh, making that noise? Okay, cool. But yeah, I'm sorry about that. Everybody out there listening had a technical difficulty. Um, but speak on like you uh, having a son, and that like he's dope. Like I seen him play. Like he got moves. He's like 12, and he's like he's hooping. So yeah. how were you able to like coach him and like teach him what you had, and then also bring out what he had? Well, it, it's been a long journey. Because, you know, a lot of people was always in my head, like, don't force him to play, don't force him to play. And I did it. He didn't play till he was about eight or nine. I waited till he came to me and said he wanted to play. He was playing soccer first, baseball, flag football. Then when he played basketball, he was like, this is what I want to do. Like, so I was like, all right, I could train you. And that's really the reason why I stopped playing professional overseas, because I was getting ready to go to England two years ago, two and a half years ago. and. I started seeing how how good he got in two months before I left. I called my team in England, and I was just like, hey, I'm going to stay. My son is like, he's on like this peak right now. It's, I don't want to miss it. Right. Because I know when I when I go overseas, he'll have to stay at my own house. He'll be with Lee's mom and my grandmother, and I know they're not going to be able to take him to the gym because she was doing teaching. Mm-hmm. My grandmother would be looking like, you're right. <laughs> so... <laughs> I was like, man, I'm going to have to sacrifice my career for his, but I know in the end it's going to be, like, crazy. And it's been beyond what I expected because what, what he's doing in sixth grade, right. I wasn't doing until 10th or 11th. Like, oh, wow, that's really good. Like, he can, he can pass and shoot with his left and right. He can do everything, like, left and right. And a lot of kids can't. 
but the, the major thing was taking him back to Buffalo. Took him back to Buffalo, and I, um, my brother and I, we make him play against kids. We are playing random, just rough, rugged kids. Half yep. don't even have a shirt on. Come on, come like, on. Yo, play In him, Timberland boots. Play him one-on-one. With pants on. So, you know, that, that brought the toughness out of him because, you know, having everything here and not experiencing what we had this experience right. growing up in Buffalo, I was like, man, you're a little privileged, but... I need that animal to come out. Yeah, he like a baby face monster. That's what Crystal be calling him because it's just like when you watch him play, like his whole demeanor, like he kind of remind me of Ka- uh, 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 Kyrie Leonard. I always say his name wrong. Kawhi Leonard. Um, like his whole demeanor, like he don't show no emotion when he played. Like he just like interviews or like nothing. He just go out there, he do the job with mm-hmm. his on defense, with his on offense, whether he got a pass, whether he got to shoot, whether he got to deal. Somebody like I don't play him one on one. He shook me. <laughs> I was at the gym. I been messing around. He like come on out here. I like all right, cool. I'm like he ain't gonna do nothing to me. Shook me two times. He said you good. I said yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't want to play no more. I'm good. I'm just on the sideline. So. Um, so yeah, people people don't even know what we got in store because there's like. Three other kids like him that I've been training. I had them since third grade. So I really look to have the face of Atlanta basketball in the next five or six years. I, I don't target too many high school kids because they're already like setting their ways, their mm-hmm. parents setting their ways. I target those kids that aren't that good or they, I see a lot of potential. I take anybody really, but I target the hidden gems or the parents that's getting looked over, mm-hmm. kids that's sitting on the bench, the ones that's teachable. Like, I don't care how good you are. If you aren't teachable, I will. I don't care if their mom is paying a thousand a month. I had to cut a kid before. I was like, your son just not listening. She was paying 800 a month. I just had to, like, say, just got to let him go. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you, how do you like, deal with those challenges when they come, dealing with a parent, and you got to tell them, like, hey, with your child, this is how it's going to be because, like, they're not doing the drills properly. They're not listening. Like, and you got to be, like, be the bearer of bad news even though they paying you. And it's like, they respond might be like, what? Like, how do you even, like, go about dealing with that? Well, in the beginning, as I said, how I made my aunt go into labor, as you can see, I was kind of a problem child. <laughs> so I always, based on how the adults approached me, a lot of times they didn't approach me the right way. They approached me with just full force or aggressiveness, with mm. me aggressive. So if I see any kid not listening, I'm not going to say, man, just go sit in the corner. I'm going to say, hey, yo, give me give me 20 push-ups and come back. They don't do the push-ups, it goes up. I'll throw in some jumping jacks. I throw in, like, fitness stuff. And then I'll be like, hey, man, you know, have a sit-down and talk with them. I don't really tell their parents until it just gets to the point where it's like, all right, I'm going to talk to the mom, talk to the dad, and i just say, hey, we're not going to take him out, but that's what he's going to have to do when he comes in. He's going to have to run an extra mile than everybody else. Then he can get with me on his session. And if it goes beyond that, then I have to say, hey, he's just not listening. You know, it's taken away from the other kids that's here. Right. Or me being here, even though you're paying, it's time being wasted. True. That's you true. Because I don't want him going out performing the way he's performing in these trainings because he's not applying himself. And people looking like, man, that's Key's training. Like, what is he doing over there? Yeah, because your so brain is it's, everything. It's tough for me, like, to let a kid go. But even if I do, I check up on them. I always keep in touch. And I always tell them, like, hey, maybe we just need to come back to it another time. Let them grow. I'm here. Yeah. I give them pointers while I'm away. I'm still around, but I'm like, you got to be ready for the environment because we put in work, so... With that, how do you feel about how in, like, today's society a lot of parents are really pushing for the everybody's a winner type 
mindset? How do you, have you came across parents like that who really don't want their child to be like last place or like everybody gets a trophy type stuff? <laughs> my mom used to think that everybody got a trophy. <laughs> so I told her to actually read my trophies. She was like, what is MVP? I was like, we're talking about that later. <laughs> but yeah, I, um, I tell my kids straight up, I'd say, you know, where I'm from, nothing was handed to you. You mm-hmm. had to go get it. Mm-hmm. My uncle didn't put us in tournaments where you everybody got a trophy. Yeah. So I will always tell myself I like jewelry. Because that's what Kobe used to say. He always said, I like jewelry. That's why I always win championships. I mm. like to have jewelry. So I always ask kids, do you like jewelry? Do you like trophies? Do you all right, we're gonna do what we need to do to get to that. But if you do not get it, let's figure out why you didn't. It's not a loss, it's a lesson. Mm-hmm. So if you come home empty handed, let's ask yourself, why did I you know, let's not let's not blame anybody else. Let's figure out a way to gain that that, that winning attitude and that um consistency. So, you know, I always tell them to look at everything on all sides. And nothing is going to be handed to you or it's, it's not going to keep you strong. Yeah. That's a fact, bro. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of life lessons within basketball and sports yeah, that lot. you can definitely apply a lot more than versus the PMDA and PEMDAS that you learn in math. Oh, please excuse, please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. Yeah, have yeah. you really have to use that. It's quite shit. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. You need no fucking... Uh, please excuse my dear, I said on a weekly see, basis. You got to see how they teaching this math. To it's, is it still math. in boxes? It's worse. My son was doing some math, and I was like, yo, you can look at this right here and divide this into this, and it give you this. And you're like, no, my teacher said. a whole long sheet. And I'm like, all right, now watch it, watch it my way. Boom, boom. He was like, yeah, that works too, but my teacher said. And yep. I, was like, all right. I think our, la- our generation our was the last generation where it's our long, parents long and their parents three. used the same type three. of math. And it's really easy, but now, like, the last time I looked at math homework was a box when you use for multiplication. And I was like, well, it's can't crazy. you just do it like this? Like, that would make sense, Yeah, right? my God, some mom said the same thing. He, like, 13, and she was like, I can't help him with his math no more because she's like, I don't know what the hell going on. <laughs> you got to take classes to help your children. Right. It used, it used to be, hey, mama, I need help with this math problem. All right, this is how you do. One, two, three. Boom. All right, cool. Now it's like he, like he just said, oh, man, sorry, y'all keep hitting the table. <laughs> Damn, might pick up everything. It's just like you got to go through like a whole rigorous process yeah. to help your child do one problem. It could take 20, 30 minutes to do one problem. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. So do you see, you said you, you want to take over Atlanta basketball, and you like are not putting a cap on the age limits or anything like that. So where do you see your, this bas- the coaching career in basketball taking you in the next, let's do three years? In the next three years, I'll have my own facility, like, without a... Well, I might have a partner, mm-hmm. but I'll have it, like, where they, like, hey, this is key spot. Like, this is where, like, anywhere I go, people would just be talking. I already yeah. had that in the past three years, but, you know, it's really going to take off. Mm-hmm. Like, I had... I don't help Red Bull with the women's basketball tournament. They had a men and women tournament, but they the women's bracket was empty. I had 43 pro women players. Oh, wow. And I saw the guy promoting, and I was like, hey, I can fill y'all whole bracket. Mm. I was like, all you got to do is just let me and my sons come and just eat free. My mm, sons okay. came back with the full belly, like, I filled <laughs> their whole bracket. They were playing for, what, about $6,000, $10,000? I was like, it's free money, ladies, hey. And I had, what, four or five teams in it? I was like, my, and then 
I, obviously, I get some money off of that, but it was just like, and then the next year, Red Bull, like, hey, you got more girls? And I just send them right back. So, you know, I had a little partnership with the WNBA, the uh, Atlanta Dream. Mm -hmm. I practiced with them, worked with a few of the girls outside of practice, you know, last year. And, you know, I still get a lot of phone calls, women saying, hey, can you place me somewhere? Mm -hmm. I done got three girls um, in Europe. One was in Dominican Republic. I got one in France. So speaking of WNBA, how do you feel about... The new CBA? I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I don't know the full technical um, lingo about... Collective it, bargaining agreement. Oh. The what? Collective bargaining agreement. Go ahead. Like, Kia, how do you feel about that, like, with them? Because, you know... They up the uh, they up the money. Mm -hmm. They was only making like two fifty, I think, two fifty k. I'm gonna be blatantly honest. Uh oh, let's get it. I'm gonna be blatantly honest because me being in the inside and seeing how they practice, because teams will have a stretching coach, they'll have like a shoot around coach, and then they have their head coach. Mm -hmm. So I sat all season. I've done I've dealt with the Atlanta Dream, the L.A. Sparks, and a few girls with the Las Vegas Aces. So. I've seen the ins and outs of what they do behind the scenes, and it's like they're giving free money. I feel like if you really want to get that money, you'll play harder. You'll Being a professional basketball player, you have to give it your all. I've seen girls not stretch. They play around during stretching. They want to dance. They want to just do whatever. <laughs> but you see that one girl over there who's just like, she's stretching everything in the drill. She's running hard. And then you got, if everybody did that, I feel like the brand would have already had this type of money. Mm. I feel like it's an entitlement because the men are getting that, even though it's, there's a lot of NBA players who don't deserve it. Yeah, she right. You got Tim Hardaway Jr. making more than his dad ever made his whole career. Facts. Facts. He hasn't even played half of the years his dad played. Hell his dad no. was an all-star. That so, was a shooter. So basically are you saying that within the WNBA there are more, like there's more women that, don't really take it seriously versus the women that do, and that's why. No, I'm not. I'm not comparing it men and women. I'm just saying, like. No, I mean women. No, women. Just there's women in the NBA, um, WNBA who aren't taking it seriously, and there's that group of women that are that kind of aren't getting. Uh, maybe I wouldn't say spotlight, but they're not getting that chance to kind of showcase their skills and whatnot. Yeah, it's it's a lot that ties into it. I just feel like collectively as a whole, the organization and like just everything, it, there's, there's not enough to have that product. Like you got the LA Sparks, you go to their practice, from, you got Derek Fisher as their head coach. So of course, everything is hard nosed. Mm -hmm. One of my clients went and she had got cut on, on, unfortunately. But you know, it probably was a lot more intense than she expected going in there because she came from this other team or mm -hmm. she came from overseas where she might have had everything she she wanted without having to put in the work like mm. that. So a little bit more structurability within yeah. that that um, franchise would make it a little bit more but I, easier for people to like. I don't, I don't want to say take seriously, but to yeah, take seriously because you yeah. gotta think about it because it's like with the WNBA, you watch the games and most people. That's not even really familiar with it, but they can name certain players. Like, people know who Maya Moore is mm -hmm. because the Lynx have won numerous championships over, like, the past six, seven years, even though she's not playing right now because she's doing some activist stuff. Yes. Um, you know, Candace Parker. Uh, Candace Parker. My bad. And a few other ones, like mm -hmm. Brittany Griner. You know, yeah. everybody know Diana Taurasi. Like, everybody know her from the, the back of the day. The Dream is really popular. 
Skylar Skyler Diggins, woo, that's a fine woman right there, boy. I remember the first time I saw Skylar Diggins. I know we're talking about them and, playing. Um, not I didn't even think she was a basketball player. I just thought she was a model, man. And she was playing, I think she played for Notre Dame, right? Where she went to college at? I forgot. Yeah, I think, I think it was Notre Dame. Did she still play for the Dallas Wings? Yeah, she's pregnant right now, I think. Or she just had a baby. She I just thought. had a baby. Oh, yeah. But, um... But yeah, I Skylar have noticed Diggins, that man. the WNBA... Go ahead, my bad, bro. I didn't mean to get off on that. I'm sorry. I have noticed that the WNBA had made some major changes because with me, I'm on the practice squad, and they sent out an invite already. They don't start till April. They already sent the invite out already for me to practice with them and help them. But last year, they'll just take anybody. So if I be like, Griff, you want to come... Want to come practice with that Atlanta Dream? They're like, it's cool. Yeah, but you, like, it's nothing against you, but you're not a basketball player. Right. So you had a lot of guys that were in there that didn't play basketball, and how is that making them better? Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's because horrible. I did something last year. I invited all of my guys from the men's team that I own, and we came in there, and the, and the coach was like, hey, no dunking, no, you know, no just showing, like, you know, testosterone, like, like don't just do too much, like, Play defense, but don't. It was too, I felt like they were being baby because we were naturally just moving the ball, swinging it, and just outplaying them, and we were playing around. But it was kind of like, nah, we don't want these guys. But this year, they like, hey, we want those guys now. They want their girls to get dunked on. They want their girls to get pushed now. So I guess. Because they get, they get more money now. So it's like, if like any person that owns a brand, like, if I'm going to give you more money for the job, you need to perform for the job. So I like so that. So that's going to weed out. Some people be like, hey, I was taking this. Like I was playing around, but now I got to take this seriously. Yeah. Everybody just go overseas or something. Yeah, because there was a time we, they was doing a drill where we got to let them, like, split and go in. And I was like, I'm going to jump in one time. I jumped in, and the girl just handed me the ball. And the coach was like, how do you just let them steal it like that? And I was just like, I was like, yeah. yeah. But I was like, this shouldn't be this easy. Yeah, like, I'm a man, yeah, because this whole conversation is kind of making me. No, I was just thinking, like, it shouldn't be this easy. I don't look at them as women playing because I believe women's basketball is better than the NBA because Mm. the ball movement, from playing overseas and playing around the world, when you go overseas, the ball is moved. It's it's like soccer. Everybody got to be in shape. That ball sticks. It'd be like boom, 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 boom. When you get over here, you got James Harden. He's holding the ball 15, 10 seconds. You waiting, you watching, and you got to go get the rebound because he's going to shoot it. WNBA ball, that ball is one dribble pass, one dribble pass, cut, one dribble pass, pump fake, one dribble. Yeah. You got to stay. I had guys coming here to train with them, and they could not keep up. They thought it was going to be sweet, ran them right out of the gym. <laughs> so is there a way that you could possibly come up with teaching, coaching a little bit more than just like the Lanta Dream or other um, WNBA um, teams out there? Yeah, um, I really believe it's just going to happen just for me pushing out a great product. Mm-hmm. Like, the two WNBA players I had, I'm, they came to me after their team beat my team. They blew our team out, but the one girl was like, hey, I want you to train me. I like how you was talking to them girls. Mm-hmm. She felt like, hey, my coach over here just yells at us, and, you know, he don't treat us like players. I see how you treat your girls even mm-hmm. y'all was getting blown out. You was treating them with, like, love, and you pushing them, like, Hey, when do you train? We've been mm-hmm. she been training with me for almost a year and a half now, and when she's in uh, she's in France right now, and every time she comes back, if she's here for a week, she trains with me at least three days. 
But you made a good point though when you was like you look at them as players. It's not about being women or men and people trying to be like, oh, it's WNBA. It's not. It's not about. It. It's about if you're playing a game of basketball, I'm going to show you how to play the game of basketball. Right. Whether you're a child, an adult, a woman, it's not about gender, not about race. It's about basketball, the sport. So I don't like when people be trying to make it. Oh, it's women. It's not about. That. I love WNBA. I watch them all the time. I mean, they fine, but I watch it because of the game. I like watching basketball. Enthusiasts. So just seeing yeah. them driving and making that pass is beautiful. And WNBA. I mean, in the NBA, you'd be like, oh, he's about to just drive. Right, 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 right. Ash, is everything okay? Anyway, so I think this is the time to get No, no, no. Did you, did you have anything else to put in? Because I don't like the energy, Ash. We got to talk about this. No, say what you feel. Uh-uh. No. Yeah. No, you using that mic looking like this. You just staring. I'm like, what is going on? It's all love in here. Come on. It is. It's okay. It's totally fine. We're going to. Oh, boy. I'm about to hit by this afterwards, kids. We're going to go. She's going to chew me out all night. I can hear that. You we're gonna go into the. Um, oh, real quick, tell him about like the back to school stuff that you do every year. Like he does, like he's a community activist. Oh, yeah. Like he's like, tell him about what you be doing. Yeah. Um, well, we do. Um, I was partnering with Certified Hoops last the last three years, and we always do a back to school drive. It's been about three hundred to four hundred book bags every year, and then the ones that are left over. What I would do is I would go to, like, South Decap Mall or I would go, like, Greenbrier or I would go out where I see a lot of, like, homeless people. They stay mm-hmm. in their hotels. There's always, always a lady. She just always is at the mall asking for money, but she had her kids. So I asked her, hey, do you need school supplies? I gave her three bags full of school supplies, and then I heard a mother yelling at her daughter because they were leaving the mall. She's like, oh, I forgot to get your school supplies. This is too much. And I was like, excuse me, you know, I don't want to get out of your business. I'm holding my toddler and I'm walking with my oldest. And I was just like, hey, I heard you talking about school supplies. I can help you. And she's like, what you got? She's like, well, what you going to do? I was like, I got a trunk full of just book bags of your choice. And therefore, I'll just bring them to you. You don't have to come to the car. She was like, okay. So I let her daughter pick it out. Her daughter was like, man, I get to get this mini mouse one. Or right, I was like, right. hey, what you want? She was like, I saw crayons in that one. This one don't have crayons. I was like, take the crayons out this one. See, that's love, man. So that mother was just like, she was like, I don't want to be greedy or nothing, but I have three other boys. I said, what colors they like? And I got more at home. You could call me. If they don't like this color, I gave her I gave her everything. She was like, oh, my God, this really saved me like $100-something mm-hmm. that I didn't have. So, you know, that was real dope seeing that. So every year I try to, you know, get the school supplies because me being a parent, it's not like how it was when I was younger. Like, you got that list for you. Now you're getting a list for the kids who can afford it. Right. Because my son's school is a charter school down the street from here. And a lot of those kids stay in the Atlanta shelter or the Salvation Army. They get in because they're in district, but they right. don't have the money. Exactly. So when you get the list, it's a list for 20 kids. Yeah. They say, hey, we need five boxes of crowns. And a lot of parents are like, why my son need five boxes? It's for the other people like said that. So they don't have the means for it. Because my nephew do the same thing at his school. Like, my brother had to get, like, sanitizer, like, paper towels, right. tissue, different things like that for the class. Like I said, before it was just 
you or your mm-hmm. siblings. Yeah. Now it's like it's me and the class. I mean, I kind of understand it because, but then I'd be like, where the tax dollars at? You feel what I'm saying? Because I'm like, yeah. all the money they get to the school system, like y'all should be able to fund these schools, whether it's public, charter, private, whatever, to make sure everybody is, is taken care of because you know everybody don't come from the same background. They love to cut corners. But the principal driving the bins, though. That's another conversation for another day. We ain't going to get into it. But, um, all right, uh, we're going to do a question segment, brother, since the spirit of Black History Month. So this is going to be called, Are They Black or Are They White? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. Oh, man, you're going to put me first. Yeah, I ain't going to ask you to give no names unless you want to, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions like, hey, do you think this inventor was black or white? Just to see, you know, where you stand with it, okay? All right. All right, so. We both going to learn something today. I'm going to play. I'm going to play, too. Oh, sniggity snap. We got ass playing. All, right. all right. Well, all right. <clears throat> first question, keys. And ask, gas mask, black or white? Black. White. That was quick. I like y'all style. Keys, you are right. The person was oh. black. Yeah, the the, the guy's name is Garrett Morgan. I didn't know that one. That's why. I didn't know that one. Whatever. Okay. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> Second was going to be who invented the laser Fasco probe, black or white? Black. Black. Both of y'all are right. Her name, her name was Patricia Bath, Dr. Patricia Bath. What is that? Was it a it's like a, uh, I wrote it down, give me one second. Is that like for, I feel like it's, it's like, it's like something for surgery, like where they open yeah. up like for cataracts, like it's like a tube that helps them like remove the cataracts. Is that your eye? Yeah. Yeah. We invented everything. So, exactly. That's that's kind of where it's going. Even even Jack Daniels. Yep. Yep. That but, one, yep. But we don't get the credit for that. Nope. Okay, uh the shoe lasting machine. What? A shoe lasting machine. It was a it was a tool to help them put upper soles on the shoe. Oh, black. Oh, I had to say white. Mm, he's your own brother. It was a black man. Black man. By the name of, can you read my own handwriting? Black people. Jan Ernest Maitzer. Black people, like, we will work hard, but if we can find a way to work smarter, we Come will on. find a way to work smarter. That's a fact. And make some more money, oh, yeah. like, say. Yeah, we, <laughs> we don't work hard enough already. We done built the whole country. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, we need a break soon now. Figure something out. I found out that we built, I was like, what? Oh, what'd you find out? Enlighten us. The, um, the design of the Congress building. Oh, yeah. It was a black architect. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And also I found out, um, a lot of people didn't know, well, I didn't know, Kobe actually donated a million dollars to build the African-American History Museum, the National one in Washington, D.C. What? Yes, I found that out. Hit a million dollars for that. If you haven't gone there, you need to go. It's That's just black culture and just in a whole. It's amazing. And you know what I actually just found out? What? Did you, know, did you guys know that Prince uh, yes. was, took care of Lauren, Lauren Hill's kids while she was in prison? No. Well, it wasn't prison, but he took care of her kids. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. And it was something else. Hold he on. He took care of somebody, and it just came out. Um, he actually donated a lot of money to um, the black, um, what's our movement called? Black Lives Matter. Hold on. I, I, I got it pulled up right here. He uh, he actually gave Spike Lee the money to the film She's Gotta Have It, financially provided for Lawrence Hill's children when she went to jail, mm-hmm. and covered the cost of Trayvon Martin's funeral. Mm-hmm. But everybody knows Prince was a private guy, mm-hmm. so it's not to be expected, but 
it's it's dope to see like individuals like that for the culture, yeah. like that push the culture without you even knowing that. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and okay, I had a couple of questions. You know, it was private, but they own a lot of things. And it sounds crazy, but it's uh, Cameron. Cameron? Yeah. Why you say it like that? Because Cameron, you know, when you think about it, you know, you gonna think like Cameron, because like based on his lyrics and you're right, right, right. But Cameron was smart. He said that he doesn't put his name on a lot of things, or is written where you don't know it's him. But he, he owns a lot of things. Like you gotta really do a deep intention. That, that makes sense he though. He owns a lot of things. It be them. It be them people that you don't think you be doing nothing with their money. Like TV like thing like Fifty Cent does. You know, he he said he had number one uh, TV show, but he didn't name what it was. It was a few years ago. He was like, you don't even know that's mine. Like, so. Yeah, but you don't be understanding. Like, I, I don't think, because it's throwing me off because of like, a love of hip-hop. He has been on there. So that's why I'm like. Oh, okay, gotcha. Like, gotcha. Yeah, for I a minute. Jim Jones was. I ain't Both, all of them. Jim Jones, Jules. Oh, yeah, because they were showing when Jules went to jail. Yeah. All right, I'm going to give y'all one this more. This tiebreaker. Yep, this is the tiebreaker. All right. Oh, this is a real good one right here. All right. Who invented potato chips? Black man. What's your answer, brother? Uh, but yeah. I have enough topic, of because y'all both got that right. Okay, There's yeah. a, a black man by the name of George Crumb. He actually worked in a restaurant mm -hmm. um, years ago, like 1800s type, and it was like a uh, patron was like, hey, get rid of these potato wedges. These damn fries are too damn thick. So he was just like, <laughs> oh, okay. The hell? You know, because as a cook, you know, when folks send food back, you like, I made it the right way. What's your problem? So they said, like, he was just like, you know what? I'm going to give him the thinnest shit possible. Mm -hmm. Slice the potato super thin, threw it in the fryer, cooked it up. Person ended up loving it. Yeah. But he never patented it. He never, mm -hmm. like, he never put a patent on anything. He just pretty much continued to make them. But, um, yeah, so George Crumb was the one who invented potato chips, people. Um, and as a tiebreaker. Oh, okay. This is going to be a good one. All right, go ahead. For the tiebreaker. Drum roll. Do -do 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 -do. Who invented the weed whacker, a.k.a. the weed eater? Stumped y'all ass, huh? <laughs> Black. Okay. And the answer is going to be, and the person that won is Keys. It was. Why you got that white man in this list? A white man. Because it, it had to be a stumper question. <laughs> I, I feel like it was time to go white. Right. I mean, weed whacker. We don't name ourselves whacker. You know what I mean? Oh, so, shout out to Keys. You won, yeah. Keys won, guys. Uh, so, uh, that was the Black History questions. Uh, are they black or are, white? are they white? So, we'll be back next week with the next guest to, uh, to get I think I'm just going to play everybody. You come up with the questions. You said what? And I'll play. And then okay, I'll yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. Play. We'll do it like that then. All right. So, before we go, we want to know where can people, like, if you have information on donations and stuff right now or what's your social media that they can reach out to you for everything basically for training coaching he also develops players he also yeah. plays so yeah tell them well for the players like the basketball players you can reach my i own a uh, professional men's basketball team where i help guys get to the next level and i help them get overseas help them with their job resume basketball type resume and fix up their social medias when scouts want to find them uh, you can find it at the Atlanta Savage Basketball Club. You can look that up on Facebook or Instagram. It's Atlanta Savage MBB on Instagram. And, and my page is Key Workouts. It's K-E-Y-W-O-R-K-O-U-T-Z. It's a Z at the end. The Key Workouts. 
and you can just type in key workouts on Google, it'll come straight up. Or you can look up Atlanta Basketball Trainer. I'm the first one. So you'll see key workouts up there. And um, you'll also see Certified Hoops, which uh, was a company I used to be with. But you'll see the reviews, and they're, they're talking about me, basically. And um, that's where you can find me at. For all personal training, you can find me at Key Workouts on Instagram and Facebook. It's all one word. And, and for donations, you can reach any one of those pages. And all of my organizations, we do. We work with the community. So, you know, I'm always, I'm always hands-in with the community because I want to be the person I didn't have growing up. Or, you know, I just like to help where I can. Like, I feel like giving back. Mm-hmm. Like to the universe is the greatest thing, and just just coming in with love and respect too. So you know, can't let anybody just walk over you. But you know, I just feel like this. I want to leave with positivity. All right, you guys heard him. That is where you can find him. Please hit him up. Um, I've never really seen a lot of you guys play ball, but you coming in and play with me one time. What I'm not going to do is that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys want to go ahead and hit him up. <laughs> um, but yeah, go ahead. So you can find me um, at AO Kush on Instagram and our Instagram for Black Excellence is B-L-K-E-X Radio. Hit us up. If you do have music, send us um, an email so we can get your music on here and just, um, yeah. Well, you know, Speakeasy Griff on IG, S-P-E-A-K-E-A-Z-Y-G-R-I-F-F, you know, um, a.k.a. Dirt McGirt. So that's where you can find me. Uh, be sure to subscribe to our podcast mm-hmm. on Apple, yep. Spotify, yep. iHeartRadio. Yep. Um, we're on all the streaming services, so please subscribe, give feedback, you know, send your music in, please. I've already heard some people that I like so far. Don't send no whackness. If you do, you will get it denied. Uh, no, you won't. We just aren't going to answer your email. No, I'm going to answer the professional. No, yes, they need to know. It's good to tell them. Thank you. That's how they get better. But not denied, like he said. He'll just, ex- he he'll just explain it. I, I keep it straight up. I had a guy message me like, hey, I got invited to this camp. You know, it cost $100. And you know, I want to go there. It's going to be scouts. I said, all right, let's say you get picked. I said, can you lead a team right now? and take them to the playoffs and win the championship. No. If you go to another country. He's like, I think I can. I said, yo, don't pay that 100 Because if, <laughs> if you think... Because right. if you think about doing something and you can't, they'll send you home. Facts. Sometimes they'll, if you're in a country that's close, they'll send you on a bus. If you're in Canada or Mexico, they'll, they'll find the cheapest way. Because they got to spend money that's on wild. the next guy. Damn. Y'all so, heard it here first. Know so, your worth. Know your worth and your value. <laughs> Appreciate y'all. Y'all make sure y'all be great. And remember, Black History is 365. We specialize in February, but it's an everyday thing, baby. Yes, never, sir. never lose sight of your black excellence. All right. See you guys next week. Yeah.